Have you ever wondered if it's possible to live in sync with your cycle? Do you struggle with a negative mindset around your period? Are you wondering if it's possible to be feminist and anti-birth control? We're going to explore these questions and so much more in the Managing Your Fertility podcast, because this is about helping you live a whole and full life. I'm your host and guide, Bridget Busacker, joining you in this journey of exploration related to women's healthcare, feminism, and fertility awareness. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We are super excited to have you, we, me, but I know listeners are excited too as we get into Creighton Fertility Care and better understanding what this method is. So before we do that, let me give an introduction. Melissa Tablada is a Catholic wife and new mama living in Miami, Florida. She works as a Creighton Fertility Care practitioner intern, teaching women and couples to chart their cycles to achieve or avoid pregnancy or manage their reproductive health. She is also a licensed marriage and family therapist, as well as a life and relationship coach. So good. Melissa is passionate about supporting women and becoming healthy and whole in mind, body, and soul. It is so great to have you on the show and having you with us. Can you just jump in? You know, we have your intro, but can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got into the world of fertility awareness? Yes. So I... Okay, a little background, how I got into this. I first heard about natural family planning. I did not grow up knowing what that was um, at all or anything about it. And I first was introduced to it when I was in grad school. Um, There was a big medical school at the university where I studied to become a therapist. And they had a pro-life medical students organization club. And they had invited a couple from the Couple to Couple League Um, who gave a talk about NFP. And I was so blown away by all the information and by how little I knew about my body um, and my fertility. And at this time I was single and I um, hadn't met my husband yet, but I was just so interested in all of the information. And shortly after that, through the community that I got involved in here in Miami, there's, there's such a thriving young adult community in the Catholic church. And so I started meeting a lot of women who were using the Creighton model, um, who became very good friends of mine. I had a friend who was a Creighton practitioner. She ended up being my practitioner. And so I got a lot more introduced to to Creighton during that time. Um, My husband and I started learning Creighton when we were engaged. We started using it when we got married. And then I just fell in love with it. Ever, Ever since I first heard about it, I couldn't wait to learn it. And then when I learned it, I couldn't wait to use it. When I was using it, I couldn't wait to teach it. I knew I always wanted to teach it. And God um, opened the door for that in a really beautiful way in 2019. So I started my training August 2019. And then it's been a little bit delayed and postponed because of COVID. But um, I'm just at the near end of my internship, have taken my create an exam. So I'm waiting on exam results to become a full practitioner. So please keep me in prayer for that. Absolutely. That's so awesome. So you learned about, it sounds like you learned about fertility awareness, natural family planning in college. So before that, had you charted at all? Had you learned about fertility awareness at all? Was that something that, okay. Yeah. I had never heard of it before. I never heard of natural family planning. The only thing that I maybe would have heard of was like the calendar rhythm method and how much that didn't work. Um, and so when I learned about these other methods of NFP that did actually work, I was amazed by that. And I thought I was confused why nobody had taught me or talked about it or why I had never heard of it before, because it seemed like such a useful thing for all women. Um, And I definitely believe that to be true now that I know a lot more about it. Um, So yeah, I had never heard of it. I was not familiar with it at all. And then as I became more familiar with it, I found there was a very common misconception that NFP equals the calendar rhythm method. And so I've had uh, a good time clearing that up for people and (laughs) making making sure they know that that is not the case. Yeah. Did you think that yourself that when you had first heard about it, were you like, oh, we're learning about the rhythm method or were you just kind of coming in like, okay, I, I have, I have no real context for this. Yeah. So I had heard of the rhythm method, but I was not at all familiar with like the terminology of natural family planning or fertility awareness methods. Um, and so that was all new for me. So I was able to come in with an open mind about that. Okay. So I'm curious with, with going to the session and learning about fertility awareness, were you already somebody that was pretty health conscious or 
you know, really working in other areas of nutrition, health, sleep, anything like that, so that you were somewhat more maybe drawn to attending the session? Or was it just something that sounded interesting? And you were like, Oh, what the heck is this? Let me see what this Mm, is all about. Maybe a little bit of both, like somewhat interested, not fully um, embracing like all of the aspects of health whatsoever, but definitely interested in living um, a natural life and being as healthy as I could be and looking at these different aspects of my life. But when I went to that what the seminar about um, NFP, I didn't really know what it was. And it just seemed like something interesting that I could learn more about and get a little bit of background on like how this works for couples for my future. Um, and so yeah, that was my my first introduction to it. And it was great. I learned a lot. I think that's so awesome. I just, I'm curious asking that question because of the shift we're seeing in clean living and more holistic Mm -hmm. living and really looking at, okay, products, we're looking at nutrition, we're looking at sleep, you know, we're looking at self-awareness, you know, and, and, you know, therapy, we're just, we're having a more positive conversation all across the board for these different areas. But then when it comes to reproductive health, it's a little like, Ooh, I don't know if we should touch that one because that's, that's Mm -hmm. around feminism and women's rights and we, I think no, I've always, <laughs> yeah, I've always been drawn to all of those topics, but I was not at that time. I wasn't yet super aware of all of those things. And I wasn't like, um, actively learning about all of it, but it has always interested me. So I'm sure that's what got me to that, um, seminar in the first place. Yeah. Which is awesome. I know when I was in grad school and doing courses in women's health, Um, as part of my work in health communications, one of the models for the class was actually teaching women in your class about something that they may not know about and developing Mm. a communications plan. And and someone had chosen, I particularly chose talking more about diagnoses for PCOS, but someone else had just done um, natural family planning, fertility awareness. And all these women were totally open and like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I thought I heard about the rhythm method. I didn't know this was like based in any science or that this is something I could do. And even our instructor was like, Oh, wow, cool. And I'm like, I totally thought this was going to be met with, you know, Oh, great. The crazy lady speaking, but I Mm -hmm. think we've just seen such a shift in this information, just not being shared. And even with the, the idea of the rhythm method that I think that's even getting lost now. It's sort of like ancient history, like, yeah, that's also kind of in the past. And so there's, there's like fresh ground to really, Mm -hmm. I think help women better understand their bodies and through these spaces of natural, more holistic living and having, I think just more open mind and conversations around what would this look like in all aspects of our life to be the best version of myself, which mm-hmm. is great. Okay. So with Creighton, you have done a lot of work in preparation and studying to be on this journey of becoming a practitioner. Can you give us more of the background history of Creighton and, and how it works? Sure. So history of Creighton, okay, so going back to the 60s when birth control became widely available, um, the Pope at the time, Pope Paul VI, wrote an encyclical called Humanae Vitae um, towards the end of the 60s to respond because everyone was looking to the church. What does the church say about birth control that's now widely available? Do we support this? Do we not? Um, What's the stance? And the church has always had the same stance, but he clarified really beautifully in Humanae Vitae about what Um, God's design for couples and their families and their marriages and sexuality and everything is. And so he clarified that we don't support contraception um, and birth control, but that it is important for doctors to start doing the research to figure out what is a way that a couple, a married couple can responsibly plan their family when it's most responsible for them to avoid pregnancy? Um, How can they most responsibly plan their family in a way that's fully in line with what we believe about human sexuality and marriage as Catholics? And so in response to Humanae Vitae, Dr. Hilgers, um, who is the founder of the Creighton model, he started doing research in the 1970s. And he based his research on the Billings method, which is another method of natural family planning. And he um, did a study of Billings and how it was working and whether or not it could be um, replicated and applied to everyone. And he standardized the mucus observations, which is what um, we're looking at with Billings or with Creighton, we're looking at cervical mucus. And so Dr. Hilgers, um, for the first time, standardized the model so that it could be across the board, um, anyone can use it, and we all have a common language for it. 
And so he started doing research in the 70s, and then it's just developed and grown since then. So that's a little bit of the background of where Creighton came from. That's awesome. And you had mentioned this, but how does it work on a practical level for someone charting? I know, you know, with all methods, that main biomarker is cervical mucus. What does that look like when using the Creighton model? Yep. In a daily so basis. For, yeah. So for Creighton, we are using the biomarker of cervical mucus, um, which is an external observation. It's something we're noticing at the opening of the vagina. And this is something that the woman is observing throughout the day as she goes to the bathroom. Um, and she's looking at the qualities of the cervical mucus that she's observing. And that goes back to that standardization that I mentioned. Um, and then that is going to give her information about whether or not she is fertile or infertile on any given day. So she'll use that information. Um, either Creighton can be used for couples to plan their families, like I said. So with that information about the fertility, a couple can use the method based on the woman's observations of her cervical mucus to either avoid or achieve pregnancy accurately. Um, but a woman can also chart her cycle and chart these cervical mucus observations to gain information about her reproductive health and her fertility. And so she can manage any issues that come up in the, in the cycle. A lot of women have different cycle issues um, and concerns and reproductive health issues that they want to address. And so this is a really great way of doing that as well. That's awesome. That's really great. So with Creighton, is it paper charting? Is it online? I've heard both. I know they re recently had an app come forward, but what do you recommend? What are you seeing as, as someone, you know, about to become a practitioner? What's most exactly. helpful? Yeah, there's both. So um, the original way of charting with Creighton was using paper charts. I still use paper charts personally myself, and I still use paper charts with my clients. There is an app. It launched um, last year, I believe, in 2020. And um, that is something that a client can use if they choose to with their practitioner after they've started learning. So um, everyone starts off using the paper charts. And then once a client has gone through five follow-ups with their practitioner, then they can switch over to the app if they prefer. Um, I, as a, as a user of the method, I remember before I became a practitioner being like, oh my gosh, I wish there was an app that would be so much easier. I want to use an app for this. I don't want this paper chart. But now as a practitioner, I prefer the chart and I continue using it myself. I just think it's a really good tool. It's easier to um, look at for yourself to identify things going on in your chart. And then it's also easier to work with your practitioner, in my opinion, um, using the paper chart, but either way can work just the same, either the app or the paper charts. It's up to each student and practitioner and how they do it. Could you technically use both if you wanted to, like if you were saying, okay, I want to put it in my phone and then I could apply it later to a paper chart or do it at the same time. You could, yeah, you could do it. Um, if you wanted to do both. Um, it would be the same information documented in two different places, but I don't right. see why not. I guess I just think about sometimes for, for spouses, you know, some, some women involve, if you're married, uh, you know, your husband in, in the charting process, you know, if mm -hmm. he has access to that information too. But I mean, really, you can both look at a paper chart as well if you don't want to be looking at an app. Yeah, exactly. Either way. But super nice to have both options. So individuals mm -hmm. can really tailor that. So what does it look like when you sign up? With, with a practitioner, you're working with them, like how frequently do you meet? What does that structure look like? How long is it for? Sure. So with Creighton, um, a huge benefit to it and a big um, way that the system works, the way that clients learn it is through one-on-one -on -one instruction. And that is a long-term aspect of Creighton. So it changes over time, but it is a long-term relationship. Um, and so the way that it starts is that someone who wants to learn Creighton will sign up for an introductory session. The introductory session is a very general overview. We go through a PowerPoint presentation from start to finish, including question and answer section at the end, I would say would take no longer than an hour and a half between an hour and an hour and a half. Um, and that's the intro session. And then from there, if a couple is deciding that they want to begin charting and they want to begin actually learning and using Creighton, then they would sign up for follow-ups. Um, they would get their materials at the end of the intro session, their chart, their stamps, their user manual, everything that they need. And then they would start their follow-up schedule. So Creighton has a very specific follow-up schedule for the first year 
There are eight follow-ups and the first four are every two weeks. Um, and this is because in the beginning, it, you're learning a whole new language. You're learning to observe your body in a new way. You're learning all of these different um, terms that we've never used before. And we expect that people are gonna make mistakes in the beginning because that's to be expected when, when you're learning a whole new language and a whole new system. And so we meet every two weeks in the beginning so that we can more closely work with our clients and help them learn and gain confidence in using the system. After that, the next follow-up is a month later, and then the next three are at three-month intervals. And then after the first year, we only meet every six months or 12 months just to follow up, give the client new charts, new materials, make sure nothing abnormal has come up in the chart, uh, make sure everything's still going well if she has any questions. And we can always meet more often if it's necessary, if it's needed. Um, I always tell my clients, if we have a session scheduled six months out to call me or text me, if anything comes up, if something changes in their cycle, let's say if they're breastfeeding and they, they don't have their period right now, if, if they get their period and they're confused or they have any questions, we can always make more frequent appointments, but that's the general follow-up schedule. That's so great. I think, you know, so often we don't realize the power and the great benefit of having a practitioner of someone walking with us who's the expert. Um, you know, like we were talking a little bit, you know, we sometimes see individuals saying, okay, I'll, I'll just do it myself. I can figure it out myself, but there's yeah. a reason you go through so much rigorous training right. to become a practitioner, to really be able to look at a chart and say like, okay, here are a couple of options. You know, this is what we need to talk about. Here are the questions I'm thinking about right. and we need answers for. And it just helps, I think, having that sounding board and having someone to go to when you, you are looking at a chart as a user and thinking, this is not making sense to me. I can't, I can't understand this or I, I'm a little confused. And you can go to someone who can totally help you in yeah. figuring out what might be happening. And I think that's just so valuable. And having those regular appointments too is so great just to, to make sure that the user's learning so you're not solely relying on your practitioner and never learning your cycle. It's that joint effort, which is so good. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes there are things that come up in the chart that clients will realize that they have questions about, but a lot of times they, a user of the method who's not trained as a practitioner, they're not, they don't know exactly what to look for as far as, as far as abnormalities go. And so it's really important. That's another huge benefit of working with someone, not only to gain confidence and understanding and make sure you're using the system correctly for your intentions, but also so that your practitioner can point out things to you. There are things that I never would have known were abnormal in my own chart until my practitioner pointed them out to me and helped me understand what they meant, what they could mean for the future, what they could mean for our fertility and help me work with a doctor when I didn't even know that there there was any concerns I thought my chart looked perfectly normal but I had no idea what I was looking for so that's a huge right. benefit and also just to have someone to like you said as a sounding board when I started learning this when I was engaged and I thought I was a pro by the time I got married I had already been charting seven or eight months um, but then you get married and you're using it in a different way because my husband and I were saving sex for marriage. And so all of a sudden I'm using it differently or I'm looking at it differently and my body's different. And, and then I have a million new questions that I thought I was a pro, but I didn't realize I had these questions. And if I didn't have a practitioner to meet with or to send messages to while I'm on my honeymoon, like, what does this mean? What's going on? Um, I would have been totally lost. And I always, I, I just had a client get married last, last week, two weeks ago. And I let them know, like, send me messages, ask me questions. If anything comes up and you're confused, let me know. Um, so that you can be successful because I don't want this to be something that is confusing or burdensome at all. That's what we're here for to make sure that it makes sense and make sure that our clients are successful using it. That is so great. I hope everyone listening is like, okay, yes, this is why I want a practitioner. Because I think that availability to know that this person is walking with you, that's why that's why you're paying for them. That's why they're here. This is their job. You right. know, and and I think, you know, when you when you had said too, like when you were looking at your cycle and thinking, okay, I think I know what's going on. This should make sense. Okay, wait, I actually have a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And then if there are any irregularities or things that come up that your practitioner can help you find, because you may be looking at it thinking, this looks pretty good to me. And they may say, Hey, 
we're noticing some discrepancies here or like, this isn't really making sense. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. I know I had that personally where I thought, okay, I'm within the normal range, 28 days, 28, 31 days cycle. Things are looking healthy. Things are looking good. But I was having brown bleeding in my luteal phase mm-hmm. that was not happening consistently every month, but it was happening every so often. And it took me, you know, I, I had switched to a different method and was noticing this increasing. I was like, okay, this is kind of weird, but like everything else seems normal. I feel good. Things look good. And, um, my, instructor was like, you know what, we need to get you tied in with a, I was switched to femme, a femme doctor, because this brown bleeding um, usually means there's a hormonal imbalance. And I was like, what? Like, I feel good. Mm -hmm. Things look good. It's not even happening that regularly. I just assumed it was maybe like a a fluke from a workout. And it ended up being that I needed testosterone supplement. Mm. And I had like, I had no idea. And that's what helped us to be able to get pregnant with with our first baby who we lost to miscarriage, but then our, our second baby, my daughter. Mm-hmm. And it, like, had I not worked with a practitioner or an, inst- and, and an instructor again, I don't know that I, we would have caught that, you know? Mm-hmm. And there was a part of me that was like, Oh, here, I thought I was a total pro at NFP. Yeah. And I was like, look how good we are. Like, this is awesome. And it's totally possible to be successful in planning, family planning with NFP, not saying that, but some of that was like, well, how much of this was just me not actually really knowing my body and not leaning into my instructor as much as I could have mm-hmm. in both methods. And so that I think is just so powerful when you can have someone use them, ask them, you know, have, have those questions answered because really when NFP is hard and a burden, it helps so much to have someone else to be able to, to lean on and ask those questions. So you don't feel totally alone in the process. And I think, you know, I'll, I'll flip it this way. So with a spouse, like how, how does that change? We'll get into for single women too, because I totally want to address that as well um, with methods, but for a spouse getting involved, you know, what might that look like? What do you, what would you recommend as you're working with couples and as you've had the space of being an intern as well and being more boots on the ground that you think are just different, different ideas that can be helpful in the process of learning charting and learning together. Yeah. So for couples that are both engaged or married, we always encourage the man to attend um, the intro session and all of the follow-ups with the woman. So this is not something that should be only the woman's responsibility. This is, we're looking at the couple's fertility. So although we're tracking the woman's cycle because she's the one that has day-to-day changes in her cycle and whether or not she's fertile or infertile changes daily. Um, but it's important because it's, it's about the couple's fertility. So it should never only be the woman's responsibility to learn, to know this, to implement it. It's about the couple. So we always encourage the man to come to all of the sessions as much as possible. Um, so that's like to start off with extremely important. And then things that he can be doing to be more involved along the way. Um, one thing, like when my husband and I were engaged, he would ask me every day, okay, where are you at in your cycle? He would ask me, what's your baby status today? And so every day <laughs> I would tell him like, okay, yeah, today's a fertile day. This is what I observed or today's an infertile day, etc." And so he knew exactly where I was at and he was so familiar with the terminology and the language. And he came to all the sessions with me. And so then when we got married, he knew exactly what was going on and we were able to make joint decisions about our health and fertility um, and our family planning together. Another way that we really encourage men to be involved is to do the charting for the woman. So we talked about, you mentioned that I think a little bit earlier when we were talking about the paper charts versus the apps and either one can be used this way, but it's amazing for the men to do the charting for the woman because men cannot make the observations. The woman has to make her own observations throughout the day, but the men can absolutely do the charting for her um, or do the charting for them as a couple. And I find the men take such pride in the charts when they do chart, when they take ownership of that and take responsibility of that, they want to do it accurately, perfectly, correctly. And when I have, I actually find charts to be a lot more um, uh, without error when the men are doing it because they're taking such pride in like, okay, this is my job. This is my role. And I love that. And so I think that's a really awesome way for men to get involved whenever possible. That's awesome. And I want to touch on, you had said that your husband, well, fiance at the time had joined you for Yes. Well, I mean, I know you're in that process too, where you're like learning that method together, but in general, would you recommend that for any engaged couple to be doing that together instead of having? Yeah, I would for engaged later? couples. 
absolutely. I would encourage the man to join her at the sessions. Okay. So follow up to that question, because I've had a few individuals reach out, like, you know, I think we're close to engagement, but not quite there, but I I need to start charting. Should my boyfriend come with, how should I involve him? What do you think about that space? Um, And this time we're into with, with our single ladies here, you're not engaged yet. So what about opening up to that space and having them involved? Is that weird or is that, can that be helpful? What do you think? I think it depends on the situation. And I think every woman kind of has to make that decision herself about how comfortable she feels um, having those because they're very intimate conversations that we're having. And so um, I, if someone is not yet engaged, I always encourage the men to come to the intro session because it's just giving information. Um, it, we're not having as intimate of conversations. It's not yet specific about the woman's cycle and her health. Um, so always I would encourage the men to come to an intro session, because if anything, even if that, that couple doesn't end up getting married, he now has valuable information that he can take into who the, the relationship when he does get married to somebody else. Um, so always I would invite men to the intro session for the follow-ups. I would probably say my recommendation personally, um, would be to have the woman come to an individual follow-up herself first to see what it's like to see what kind of conversations we're having, um, what kind of questions I'm going to be asking and to see if that's something that she feels comfortable with including the man at, at that stage of their relationship and then allowing her to make that decision. Yeah, I think that's great. That's really helpful too, because I know that question comes up and, and what you said, you know, it, it really has to come down to that discernment of each relationship, each couple, each woman and what you're comfortable mm-hmm. with, because they are intimate conversations. It's going to get really nitty gritty and it is very personal to your health. And so where you find a boyfriend fitting into that um, totally depends. Yeah. And I would say uh, just one last thing about that. I would say if a couple is sexually active um, prior to their marriage, then I would absolutely encourage the man to join because then um, there's a lot of other conversations we may have, including in that. But um, yeah, if a couple is sexually active, no matter what stage of relationship they're in, then it's relevant for both of them to be involved in these conversations. That is a great point to add to this yeah. because I think that's a really important aspect um, in the process of, of charting. So with a single woman, I know this is something that we're seeing conversations talking, talking about this more and more. Um, how does a woman who's single start and why does it matter as a single woman to chart? Because we get so focused, I think, in the language of NFP family planning and you're like, right. oh, well, I'm not married. I'm not engaged. Why would I do this? Right. And so seeing that, that language moving into, okay, fertility awareness, like this is, this is, you know, having women who are single engaging in their cycles and learning about their bodies. But from your perspective and just, you know, even your own journey, what would you say to that? Yeah, I think that's such a good question and a really important aspect of this whole thing to talk about because I one time saw someone, um, just a a girl who does natural family planning um, with her husband and she was doing a QA and a on Instagram and somebody had asked her, um, should single women use NFP? And she said, no, because you're not planning your family when you're single. And I was like, oh, no, that's not the right answer. <laughs> um, so, and I think the terminology is tricky and, and it, it can be misconceived because when you say natural family planning, we are, we are talking about family planning. That's the words that we're using. But NFP is so much more than that. And that's where the term of fertility awareness methods is so much more accurate of what we're talking about. NFP is maybe more common Um, But fertility awareness methods really encompasses like the whole idea of what we're talking about, because yes, this can be can be used for couples who are trying to avoid or achieve pregnancy, but it it is just a way of managing or you're charting your cycle. And so you are gaining information that's so valuable about your health as a woman. So for single women, the benefit of this, this can be used, you can start charting from the time that you get your first period. So whenever that happens, 11, 12, 13, whatever age you get your first period, until the time you hit menopause, a woman can and really should be charting her cycle because there's so much valuable information that can be gained from that. Um, So whether it is a concern that's known about, especially, I would especially say the, the reason for a single woman to start charting is if she has really bad PMS, 
if she has PCOS, endometriosis, if she has painful periods or pain throughout her cycle at any time, um, if she has any kind of irregular cycles, if she has irregular bleeding, if she's not getting her period at all for months, if there's any kind of cycle issue or period issue, then charting is an extremely valuable tool for her to understand what's actually going on and get back to a state of health. Um, so that's where I would say it's most valuable. And then, I mean, women can chart their entire reproductive lives just for the benefit of understanding what's going on. If something does come up, we've had women with charting with Creighton be able to identify cervical and endometrial cancer in its earliest stages, just because there was one little thing off with their chart and they followed up with their Creighton doctor and they were able to identify cancer way before they would have been screened way before there was any symptoms and they were able to treat it and, and they're in remission and um, just so many reasons that we can't always anticipate. I would have had no idea that I would go through a season of infertility with my husband. I thought my cycles were normal. Even when I was charting, I thought my cycles looked normal until my practitioner pointed out some things that would be of some concern. Um, but we just never know what comes up with our health. And so it's such a, the chart, that's another reason why I like the paper chart better is because your chart, whether it's paper or on the app, it is a medical record. So when you take this to a doctor who's trained to understand it, interpret it and help you with whatever comes up on it. Um, I have my charts since 2017 and all of the charts, I always keep them and I keep them in a file. And when I go to the doctor, I bring all of my charts. So they have all of this information on my reproductive health that otherwise they would have no idea about. Which is fantastic. I mean, just, like you said, it's a medical record to be able yeah. to look at this and see, okay, what's going on? What's, what's the history of your health and how mm -hmm. can we help and getting proper care so that you're ovulating optimally, that you're feeling really good. And like you said, getting into that space of a great state of health. I think that's the piece that there's that disconnect when we talk about NFP and we're thinking married couples and we're talking about it a lot in marriage, but then we're forgetting that conversation or we're just not emphasizing it enough that for single women, this is so valuable. This is such mm -hmm. valuable, valuable information to have about your body and how it works. And just that increased self-awareness, you know, okay, yeah. what's going on with my body? What do I, what am I feeling? Um, and the connection that it has too with that emotional and mental health aspect um, mm -hmm. that I think often we, we forget how integrated our bodies are and, and that we need this information in order to help us live a whole life, a fulfilling life and seeing, okay, where are the pieces that aren't really adding up? You know, and our cycles can be impacted by so many different environmental factors that I think we sometimes don't realize, you know, where we kind of, in the space of glorifying stress, especially for college women. I know when I started charting in college, it was like, you know, the stress of staying up late, studying ebbs and flows of like when you're working on a paper late at night or you're not getting enough sleep or you're eating too much sugar or whatever it might be. And you're seeing it hap like coming out in your cycle and you're like, okay, this, this period's more painful. What's going on? Or I'm late with my cycle. What the heck is going on? And, you know, just different questions that you can get answers for, which mm -hmm. is just incredible to have that data. Yeah. So another question that had come up um, through our Instagram live that we had done was um, some confusion around failure rate for postpartum and or nursing and what that looks like and, and, and effectiveness overall for Creighton. Can you speak to that? Yes, of course. So yeah, when a woman has a baby and is in the postpartum period, her chart is going to look very different than it normally does. Um, because when a woman is breastfeeding, it, that serves to suppress ovulation for a period of time. And that could be a short period of time, or it could be a very extended period of time. And that's going to be different for every woman. And so um, as far as failure rate goes, it's not any different. The, the effectiveness of the method is not different for postpartum and or nursing women versus a typical woman who is cycling regularly and is not in the postpartum period. So just to touch on effectiveness really quickly, the effectiveness of Creighton to avoid pregnancy. So a couple of normal fertility, so they have no infertility or no subfertility issues, and they want to use the method to avoid pregnancy. They do not want to become pregnant. The method effectiveness is 99.5%. So this means that they are um, 
making all of their observations. The woman's making all of her observations. She's charting accurately and she's following the instructions according to her intentions. Meaning if she wants to avoid pregnancy, she's having intercourse on the days of infertility. Um, because often sometimes couples will say that they want to avoid pregnancy, but then they choose to have intercourse on days of fertility, which is absolutely fine. And every couple can choose to have intercourse whenever they wish to, but it's just important that they realize that through their behavior, they're actually trying to achieve pregnancy in that situation. Um, so method effectiveness, like I said, 99.5%. Um, user effectiveness, a little bit lower, but still extremely accurate is 96.8%. And that includes user error. So for example, if a couple goes away for the weekend and she forgets to make her observations or they forget to chart for a couple of days, um, things like that, including user error, still extremely accurate um, at 96.8%. So those numbers are the same whether a couple uh, or whether a woman is postpartum in nursing or whether she's not. Um, so there's no difference there. But it is important that if something about the cycle changes. And let's say you're on that extended follow-up schedule. It's been more than a year and you're only meeting with your practitioner every six months or every 12 months even. Um, and all of a sudden you're postpartum and you are confused and your cycle looks different. It's super important to reach out to your practitioner and schedule an appointment and make sure you know what you're doing because your cycle does look very different. Um, in that time period. And so your practitioner is trained to be able to help you manage that, make sure you're confident, you know what you're doing, you understand what your instructions are for that time period, because they are a bit different. And a woman will ovulate before her period returns. I think that's something some some people know that but there's a lot of questions around that um can i get pregnant and will my fertility return before my first period postpartum and the answer is yes most of the time and so um because of that you could absolutely if you decide i'm not going to start charting again until i get my period that's totally fine but you just it's important to know that your fertility is going to return before that and so you could definitely get pregnant on one of those days when when you do ovulate. I think what needs to be emphasized here again and again and again is work with a practitioner. You know, yes. there again that there's that reminder that you, they are there for a reason, especially in that phase of postpartum when mm -hmm. you know you're adjusting to a new little one, you're probably not getting a lot of sleep, you're trying to adjust to your own body and just taking care of it and recognizing the amazing thing it just did of having a baby. Mm -hmm. um, that's a space where to then have to take on charting all on your own, even with your spouse, it can still feel like, okay, we're all on our own. And it's, and it's not intended to be that way. And I think that also just speaks to, you know, having the, the success of feeling good in your charting, knowing, knowing what you're doing really comes through working with a practitioner and speaks to the efficacy when working with a practitioner as well, mm -hmm. which is, I think, you know, for some, it is peace of mind thinking, okay, I just had a baby. I'd love to have a little you know, breathing room. Okay. Let's work with a practitioner and see what does that look like? And how is my body feeling? What am I noticing? What am I seeing? Mm -hmm. Um, because it's just so helpful to have someone in that space. So before I get to the question, you know, you know, finding a practitioner and what that looks like, what about cost? Does insurance cover the cost of, of working with a Creighton practitioner? Is a cost pretty standardized for all practitioners or does it really depend on who you work with? What does that look like? Yeah, so there is some variability. Every practitioner um, and every center may have some variability in their pricing. To my knowledge, I don't know of any insurance um, plans or practitioners that the actual follow-up sessions with the practitioner are covered by insurance. There might be, um, but not that I'm aware of. There are, when we get into... Um, I think we're going to mention at least about NAPRO technology. If a, if a woman needs to see a doctor based on something with her Creighton chart, she's going to see a NAPRO doctor. And some of those NAPRO doctors are covered by insurance and some of them are not. So as far as costs, it is going to vary. But I can tell you for our um, location here in South Florida, 
A follow-up might cost anywhere, it would range between $50 and $75 for a follow-up. So it's very inexpensive and honestly can be thought of like the copay that you would pay when you go to a specialist anyway. I know my copay for a specialist office is $65. So it's very comparable in that aspect and very inexpensive. Um, We also have packages when clients pay and sign up for the year's follow-ups in advance. Um, they get a discount. And so we try to work with people, especially like if we know that there's a financial concern, we don't want that to be a barrier to them getting support. Um, Often there's scholarships with the church um, or the archdiocese and things like that. Um, So there's a lot of, I, I would say, if anyone has a financial concern about it, just talk to the practitioner and see what options there are. And then You know, of course, like in other areas, depending on the location and what going rates in that area are, might be a little bit less, a little bit higher, but um, that's kind of a general idea. That's super helpful because I know that question comes up a lot for individuals, like what does cost look like? What about insurance? And yes, let's get into NAPRO technology because I know, I think there's sometimes a disconnect for people when they see Creighton model. And then they're also seeing, you know, NAPRO technology being talked about or with different accounts talking really specifically about NAPRO technology. What is NAPRO technology and how does it tie into the Creighton model? Yes. So NAPRO technology stands for natural procreative technology. And it ties into Creighton because NAPRO um, technology is within the umbrella of Creighton. So within within the Creighton model, we have Creighton practitioners who could be anybody. Anybody could become trained as a Creighton practitioner. If they go through the training, it doesn't necessarily determine, it's not determined by your background. So like my background is as a licensed marriage therapist, um, that has nothing to do with it. And you could have any background and become a Creighton practitioner. NAPRO technology is the medical side of it. So this is medical professionals who are trained in the Creighton model. So this could be a nurse, a PA, a family practice doctor, an OB, a gynecologist, Um, any medical professional who's trained in Creighton would be trained in NAPRO technology. And they would be able to look at the Creighton chart, interpret any um, health concerns that they see, do testing to figure out why is that showing up in the chart that way. And their goal is always going to be to get to the root of the woman's health concerns and treat her so that she can get back to a state of health. So it's such a gift. I love the the way that they view the body. Um, They also work with men. So it's not only about the woman, but let's say if a couple is struggling with infertility, they're also going to look at the men's fertility as well. So it's very um, all, all inclusive, holistic looking at, but they're using medicine. So it's not some type of, um, like alternative medicine that, that they're not really using, I don't know, whatever medical technology is available. Um, they're full medical professionals and they are just trained in this model specifically. So, um, your, your practitioner will tell you if she notices something going on in the chart. So like my, practitioner told me this, these are the things that I notice, and I would recommend um, seeing a NAPRO doctor. And so then I was able to connect with one locally, and she was able to help us throughout our experience with infertility and was able to help us ultimately conceive. And then she was able to help me um, manage my pregnancy and make sure that I was healthy throughout my entire pregnancy. So there's a lot of, of gifts of the NAPRO um, I say NAPRO doctors most often, but there could be NAPRO PAs and nurses and things like that. But they're going to treat the woman's health based on any issues that come up in the in the chart. Which is fantastic. It's so great to have that tie-in and just having that medical component for treatment. Um, and I know, so I did an interview with Dr. Naomi Whitaker on Instagram Live, and she'll be coming on the podcast as well, talking about NAPRO technology and awesome. her work in that too, so that we can get more into that. So for listeners who are like, wait, I want more. <laughs> yeah. we get someone specifically who can speak to that as well. But obviously for you as a practitioner or soon to be practitioner transitioning from intern, you know, you, you obviously have the understanding and language for NAPRO technology and know, okay, this is time to switch over to a NAPRO doctor or NAPRO specialist, right? Because this is where, you know, this goes beyond the care that I can provide you. And we've uncovered some things that really need to be taken care of Mm -hmm. on that medical side, which is fantastic to be able to have that, um, which I love with, with the Creighton model. So for a woman who is looking to 
pick this method or is still a little uncertain, what, what would you say are some good questions for a woman to ask herself if the Creighton model might be a good fit for her? That's a good question. I would say if she is feel, if she identifies already that there's something wrong with her cycle. So if she identifies like there's something going on, I know something is off within my body. I feel like it's hormonal or my period is always weird or it's always at um, three months away from each other. Something's going on. I would say if she recognizes any of those things, um, if there's any health women's health or reproductive concerns already, then Creighton would be a great option um, to look into more. And if she just is interested in natural family planning, um, the re when I first started, I didn't have a ton of information. I had heard of couple, couple, couple to couple league because that was my first introduction with NFP, but I didn't really understand that there was this whole spectrum of all these different models. I just got involved with Creighton because that's what my friends were doing. My friends were teaching. And so it, it was just like a natural choice for me. But now knowing more, the reasons why I choose Creighton specifically is because of the one-on-one -on -one follow up that's so detailed and so um, the the women who are working the practitioners are so invested in helping women understand their bodies and their health and so I was looking for that and I I benefited a lot from that so if that's you that might be a reason to choose Creighton um, another thing is that some models look at more than one biomarker. And I just would rather only look at one. So we're looking at cervical mucus and that's the only biomarker we're looking at. And it's extremely accurate, like I mentioned earlier with the effectiveness rates. And so um, I preferred it for that reason. And then the addition of the NAPRO technology for anyone who knows of or feels that they might have any reproductive health concerns. So those would definitely be some reasons to, to consider it. This is awesome. So, okay. Final question as we wrap up here, how can a woman find a practitioner like someone like yourself? Is it limited to where they live? Can they do it virtually in any state? What does that, what does that look like? And, and where would you recommend someone to go to find someone? Yeah. In the past, it would have been more limited to your, your physical location. I think that this past year um, has really opened up the opportunity for a lot of practitioners to begin working more virtually because of necessity, because of COVID. But now um, it just creates so, so much more opportunity for clients who maybe there is no practitioner near them, or maybe they didn't connect with the practitioner near them and they want to work with someone more long distance. Um, and so, yes, you can absolutely work with someone in your location nearby if you know of, of them or if you can get connected to them or you can work with someone long distance and you'll just be um, meeting virtually and you'll be mailed your materials. And I have uh, all of my clients actually, I'm, I'm meeting with virtually right now and many of them are long distance. So a few places that um, women and couples can find a practitioner, the main Creighton website is fertilitycare.org. Um, so super simple, fertilitycare.org. On that website, as soon as you get into the website, the homepage, it'll say like put in your zip code or your city and state, something like that. And you'll be able to find all of the registered Creighton centers. So not all practitioners will be listed there because not all of the practitioners are part of a center, um, but all the centers will be listed. So that's a good starting point is to see, are there any centers near me um, and, and contact them first. Another place you can look is a website called mycatholicdoctor.com. There's a lot of Creighton practitioners listed on there. So you can check out who's listed on there. And most of them work um, virtually at a distance. So you can look through the options on there. And then another really good place to find them is just places like this online podcasts and Instagram is such a good way of connecting with people. I would say the majority of my clients over the past year, unless I already knew them personally, um, the majority of my new clients over the past year have found me through Instagram and reached out. And, um, and so just 
searching through hashtags, searching through content and finding Creighton practitioners and, and just send them a message and say, I'm interested in learning this. Um, can you send me more information? And they will be happy to do that. So That's so awesome. The power of yeah. social media. I know, I know Facts just released a database as well. And I don't oh, know how good. extensive it is, but I know that was something that they've been working on. Okay. Um, for a couple awesome. of years. So they just added that. So this is great timing with our podcast to be able to add that one to the list. Um, yeah. And I know one more soul directory has been available, but I'm not sure if it's continuing to be updated or not. So I'm really glad my Catholic doctor is also another really great option that launched to be able to yeah. have that as a, as a resource too. But I love what you said about social media, because I think that can sometimes be a great way to get a sense, um, for a practitioner and how, you know, just even how, how they're posting photo stuff that you're like, Oh, I really like this person. Mm-hmm. There's some relatability. I think, I think we would hit it off, you know, and obviously it is social media. So <laughs> you may not know like completely if you can hit it off, but I think that aspect of finding a practitioner and finding someone that you click with, that you feel comfortable having these intimate yeah. And, and sometimes hard conversations is so important in the process of mm-hmm. charting that that comfort needs to be there and, and continuing to be built because otherwise it's just not going to be a good fit. And I think sometimes, you know, we have that feeling as someone like, okay, well, maybe it's me or maybe it's the method. Maybe I'm just bad at NFP. And it's like, no, 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 time out. Hold on. Maybe it's the practitioner. Like this just isn't the best relationship and you can switch. You can always switch. Yes. Um, that's a really good point. Um, I always emphasize that with within like the therapy world. So in my work as a therapist, one of the most important indicators on whether or not a client's therapy experience is going to be successful is, is whether or not the client trusts the therapist and and they have a good, strong therapeutic relationship. And it's very similar with Creighton or NFP. You're having such intimate conversations and you're talking about really intimate topics. And so if you don't trust the person, if you don't feel a connection, if you don't feel like they are listening to you or taking your concerns seriously or making the time for you, yes, it is not the method. It is not you just, it might not be a good fit. And there's so many other practitioners you can reach out to and work with. And that's always an option for you. So good. I'm so glad that you came on and shared more with us about the Creighton model, because I know so many individuals have questions about different methods and this, you just did such a great job giving us a great overview and also getting into the details of what it really looks like for someone who's using. So I hope this is helpful for individuals listening here as they're making decisions around what method to pick. Should I be charting or not? If you're single, if you're engaged or you're married and you're thinking I need to make a switch or I really need to call up my practitioner again, (laughs) this can be a really great time to do that. So Melissa, thank you so much for coming on. I'll definitely be connecting to uh, Melissa's Instagram and website and YouTube channel in the show notes. You can connect with her more directly. She has great content additionally that she's sharing all over the place, which is so much fun to see and just really grateful for your witness and for your expertise in this space and so many other spaces. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, share with your friends and help expand the conversation around women's health. If you'd like to learn more about fertility awareness, visit www.managingyourfertility.com for more information, resources, guides, and so much more.